welcome to I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mikkel Ford. If this is your first time, because I am also doing video on YouTube, if you're used to the podcast, uh, it ain't no big deal, <laughs> you know, really. <laughs> it really ain't no big deal. But if you're new to the podcast, I'm your host, Mikkel Ford. This is I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. I what I do is I review nostalgic movies. I review movies from my childhood up until about like my teenagehood. You know, that's basically the. It's a simple premise. You know, like you don't have to be a rocket science rocket scientist. Sorry, to figure out the premise. Um, but yeah, for those who are joining me on YouTube, thank you for joining me. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and comment. Uh, so you can get more entertaining content like this. Uh, we're going we're going we're going to get all the bugs out of this real quick. Uh, you know, so we're going we're going to work all this stuff out. We're going to work this out. Me and you, me and you, we in this together. I'm looking at you right now. I'm looking at you right now. I see you through the screen. If I could reach my hand through the screen, I would. But. We're not going to do that right now because we're here to talk about white chicks. We're here to talk about white chicks from 2004. Let's get into the technical, shall we? The movie was directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans. This movie had six writers. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six writers. But I'm only going to give credit to three. Uh, this movie was written by Keenan Ivory Wayans, Marlon Wayans, and Sean Wayans. There's like three other guys that wrote on it, but they probably just did punch-up work because um, Freeberg and Seltzer are connected to Scary Movie, the first Scary Movie, but I think they just did punch-up work on Scary Movie. They, they're, not, they're not really writers on Scary Movie. Like the Wayans brothers made Scary Movie. So like I think it's probably the same thing here where it's just like the Wayans brothers made scary, like they, they wrote white chicks and they had three guys do punch up work to like, you know, you know, streamline the script, you know, to, to streamline it, you know, they do that from time to time, you know, like it's like, oh, we need to do something with the script to make it more streamlined. They hire a guy. He's like, we're going to take this out. We're going to take this out. We're going to make this more of a story, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do. Uh, the budget for this movie was uh, $37 million. It made $113.1 million at the box office. I'd say that's a hit, wouldn't you? Um, let's talk about how I saw this movie as a kid. I actually saw this movie in the theater. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny at the time. I really did. I thought it was funny. The crowd I went to go see it with was white hot. They were like eating this movie up. Like everybody was laughing out loud, like belly laughing, you know, knee slapping, laughing. Like, <laughs> they were doing all they were doing all of that stuff. That's gonna sound weird on audio. But um but yeah, they were doing all of that stuff, but Hindsight is 2020. 
So let's see how I feel about this movie as an adult. Like from jump, like this movie, this movie wastes no time with the out of pocket behavior. Because we start off with Marlon Wayans and Sean Wayans dressed like stereotypical bodega owners. They're like Dominican bodega owners. Uh, which they grew up in New York. So like this is something that they most likely have seen like every day. But like they look silly. They look really silly. They got the exaggerated makeup on. Like they quite honestly look like GTA background characters. Like they're doing like the stereotypical accents, like speaking the most basic Spanish. You know, but I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, like I laugh my ass off. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Like this should be some offensive shit. But the Wayans brothers have a way of making offensive jokes funny. I don't know what it is, but like they got a way of making offensive jokes funny. But uh Marlon and Sean Wayans play two FBI agents named uh Marcus and uh Kevin Copeland. That those are their names. I don't know if they're supposed to be brothers in the movie or they just have the same last name by chance because like they don't allude to the fact that they're brothers, but I'm just going to assume that they're brothers. But Marcus and Kevin are rogue FBI agents, you know, they don't play by the rules. They make up their own rules. They're rule breakers. Uh, they also have like two hating ass coworkers and they have an angry black boss, you know, that also goes along with that rogue cop trope. You know, damn it, damn it, Riggs. That's the fifth car you blowing up this week, you know, <laughs> type of shit. You know, they do that. You always gotta have that guy. But the the, the boss and lethal weapon wasn't black. He was actually white, but way to step on my own uh trope, I guess. But uh anyway. Uh there's also like this other side story with like Marcus's wife thinks she's she 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 thinks that he's cheating on her. It, like it's not really something that's needed, you know. I don't even know why they added that to the script because it's not needed. Like the real story is the Wayans brothers dressed up like white women. <laughs> that's the real story. Uh, this movie is very of its time. Because you got to remember, this came out in 2004, which was the peak of the celebrity talk era. Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, they were famous and infamous for just being like these rich trust fund babies that did nothing but party and spend their parents' money. You know, Paris Hilton, the heir of the Hilton uh, hotels, and Nicole Richie was Lionel Richie's daughter, or she is Lionel Richie's daughter. I'm like, she was. I'm like, she's still here. But like, yeah, she's Lionel Richie's daughter. So like, that's what they did. They like, this is like pre-Kim Kardashian, like who pretty much stole like their whole swag and like made an empire out of it. That's what she did. Um, But this is pretty much, this is pretty much what the Wayans brothers are making fun of. Like, it's a, it's a it's a funny premise. It's a funny premise. Like 
two black guys pretending to be rich, stuck up white women. It's funny. Uh, but like we also get into that, like you know that we get into that 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 that, that line, that controversy of putting black men in dresses, which I think. I think it only offends black men. Like black men are the only ones that get offended by this, but I understand why as a black man myself. I mean, like we already get we already get treated less than and then now you want to put a you want to put a dress on me and challenge my sexuality, you know, like I understand it. But the story here, the story here is not about putting black men in dresses. That is not the main story of this movie. I know a lot of people get hung up on that, especially like a lot of black men get hung up on that. They're like, they here they go, putting two brothers in a dress again. Hit like why they why they keep doing this? What why do they keep doing this? Uh but the story is not about that. The story is about the privilege of white women. That's the that's the that's the main story of this movie. Like that's the main story. And I find this I find this movie actually groundbreaking because it addresses the whole Karen epidemic before social media was even a thing. Like, like, which is like it was something that wasn't talked about in mainstream media at the time, even in 2004, like how aggressive white women could be in public. Like that 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 was something that they didn't talk about. It was not common knowledge in 2004. It's common lot. It's common knowledge now, but I think it was something that only black people and other minorities experienced before social media. Now you got social media. Everybody sees these white women acting crazy, acting a fool, showing out in the grocery store, showing out, in 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 the parking lots and like they just showing out in the convenience stores, you know, just acting a plum fool, like they acting like assholes in public. And I think it's like I think it's something that we've only experienced. It's not a, it was not a mainstream thing at the time. And I'm kind of glad that the Wayans brothers addressed it. You know, I'm kind of glad that the Wayans brothers addressed this because, like, it, it was happening then. Like, it's more public now. It's public knowledge now. But it wasn't back then. And, like, I feel like they were the only ones that talked about it. Like, this is, like, the only movie about uh, making fun of, like, privilege, privileged uh, white women, you know, and how aggressive they could be in public. For, for all intents and purposes, like if anyone should be offended by this movie, it should be white women, honestly. <laughs> but I don't think they are. Like all the white women I've come in contact with, they love this movie. You know, they they love this movie. They bring it up. They're like they're like white chicks is my favorite movie. <laughs> like like all the white women I've ever encountered or seen, like they just like white chicks is one of their favorite movies. Like they're not offended by it at all. It's like I think offending white women is like trying to cancel black women, honestly. Like, cause 
Name a canceled black woman. I'll wait. You can't. I can't name a canceled black woman off the top of my head. You know, <laughs> it's like I can't name one. It's like if you don't want to get canceled for saying out of pocket shit, be a black woman. That's all I got to say. And I've been saying this for years when cancel culture was a thing. But I was like, you know who's not? I'm like, you know who's not getting canceled? Black women. They're like, black women can say the most out of pocket, disrespectful shit, and not get in trouble. You know, like they're the only ones that got their power. They're Teflon. They are Teflon dons when it comes to cancel culture. You know, and I think it's like that with white women and being offended. It's just like, it's like, hmm, I'm white. You know, I'm a woman. Mm, whatever. You know, like, but I tell you one thing that didn't hold up in this movie is that damn makeup. My God, like that makeup is atrocious. Like they look like melted Barbie dolls is what they look like. They look like melted Barbie dolls. If I would have saw them in public, like, they couldn't have fooled me. I would have looked at them. I would have been like, something, something ain't right about them. <laughs> I would have just looked at them and said, I'm like, something ain't right about these people. Like, like, I don't know if they got like the Michael Jackson surgery or whatever, but something, they don't look right. And then you got everybody, you got everybody in here. Like just fooled by this, they're like all the, they got friends and stuff, and they're just fooled by it. They're like, oh, that's 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 the Wilson sisters or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but like, it was like you couldn't you couldn't have fooled me. You couldn't have fooled me at all. Uh, we also give uh Sean a love interest for no reason. Uh, he falls for this news reporter played by uh Rochelle. Ataze? I hope I'm saying her name right. She has a weird last name. Rochelle Ataze, which I've seen her. I've seen her in a couple of things. Uh, I'm not going to lie, man. Like When I first saw her, I thought she was so damn hot. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I thought she was, I thought she was, she was, she was fine as hell. Um, she looked like this chick that I used to work with at the college that I used to work at. Uh, but like that girl also had like this big old like ghetto booty, you know, uh, like if I wasn't in a if I wasn't in a relationship at the time, I definitely would have got at her. Like it, like she she would have been the one. But you know, um, speaking of love interests, as I digress, Marlon also gets one in the form of Terry Crews. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I actually noticed Terry Crews because I've seen him before and stuff. I remember. When he was T Money in like this American Gladiators uh type show called Battle Dome. If anybody remembers Battle Dome, you gotta be a 90s kid to remember Battle Dome. Like Battle Dome used to come on on like uh Saturday mornings. It's like one of those shows like after Saturday morning cartoons, like when they used to show American Gladiators or like uh WMAC Masters or something like that, you know, like those athletic fighting shows or something like that. But like, yeah, that's where I first noticed Terry Crews was on uh, Battle Dome. He played a character called T Money, and he was also in uh, WCW for a short time. Like he was trying to wrestle. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers that. Like that that Terry Crews was in WCW trying to wrestle as T Money, because like he did, like he did, like he did, like a little 
a little run in WCW as T-Money. Uh, I, I think WCW went out of business before he could get in the ring. So he'd never really got in the ring and wrestled. I think he was training because WCW had this uh, place called the Power Plant where they would train wrestlers. This is where they got Goldberg and Goldberg and just Goldberg. But uh, but yeah, they train guys at the Power Plant. I don't know. I, mean, I, I can't remember how many of them actually came out of the Power Plant. But um, But yeah, he probably trained there at the Power Plant and learned how to wrestle and he was going to make his debut in WCW. The WCW went out of business, so he got in the movies. But this was his breakout role. This was his breakout role. Before this, like, he would just be, like, the big, tough guy standing around with no lines. <laughs> like, this this role right here showed his personality because I had, I had no idea he was this funny. Because, like, the movies I seen him in, he was in Training Day. He was in Malibu's Most Wanted. Um, he was in something else. I forgot. But like he was always kind of like the big buff black dude uh that was like standing behind like the like the like the mob boss or the gang or the gang leader or something like that. He was always that dude. Like he was it was like they were trying to make him the next tiny lister. You know, they were trying to make him the next Debo. It seemed like. Oh, Friday after next. Friday after next is the other thing I saw him in. But and he was kind of Debo in that. Like I said, they were trying to make him the next Tiny Lister. They were really trying to do that. But he broke away from that with this movie, uh, with White Chicks. Uh, he showed tons of personality in this role. His character is just like this exaggerated version of a black athlete who likes white women, basically. That's what it is. Like It's a simple character, but he makes it work. And he becomes like a highlight in the movie. <laughs> uh, his character is kind of creepy. His character's kind of creepy, kind of stalkerish. Like he's supposed to be an athlete. I think he's supposed to be a basketball player. They say like he's supposed to be a basketball player, but his character definitely has a sexual assault case. I mean, like there is one point where he tries to drug Marlon. <laughs> he doesn't know that Marlon is Marlon. He thinks Marlon is a girl. Uh. But like he tries to drug Marlon, he 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 tries to he, he sticks that Spanish fly in her drink. He sticks that I'm 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 going by the pronouns of the woman, uh. But he sticks that Spanish fly in her drink, and he he trying to get her he tried to get her toe up, like he tried to get her toe up from the flow up so he can have his way with her. So that character definitely has a sexual assault case. <laughs> so, but I talked about how groundbreaking this movie was and how it was a social commentary on aggressive privileged white women well towards the middle of that movie they throw all that shit out the window they don't care after a while because towards the middle of this movie like this movie becomes just a cavalcade of silliness just like they just let this story fall apart just so they could tell immature immature jokes. Just so they could tell immature jokes. Some of them are funny. I'm not going to lie. Some of them are funny. I laughed. I'm not going to lie. I laughed. I did. But I feel like they lose track of the premise as the movie goes along. But 
like really because like really after that like there's not much to talk about you got the famous dance-off scene you know with the white girls dancing it's not very good dancing uh, it's just a, a scene to set up uh marlon and sean doing some funny stuff you know like they they do like crip walking and the kid and play dance and they start break dancing and all this other stuff, you know? So like, it's just a, it's just a means to an end for a joke is what it is. Uh, but yeah, man, like there's not much, there's not much after this movie. Uh, there is a villain, but it's just the, it's a very throwaway villain. It's a typical comedy throwaway villain. Uh, it's played by the dad from home alone, you know? He's played by the dad from Home Alone. Really a throwaway villain. He's in the movie for maybe five minutes. Maybe five minutes. Because they show, at the beginning of the movie, they show a picture of a guy who we think is the villain. But we never see that guy at all in the movie. They like they catch this dude like off screen. They're like, oh yeah, we got him. It's supposed to be some guy named uh Ted Burton or something like that. And like there's like, oh, they caught Ted coming off the airplane or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, so we 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 never see this guy. Like, y'all set this dude up and we never see him at all. And then the real villain turns out to be the dad from Home Alone. Like <laughs> very lackluster, very lackluster villain. Um it's not there's not very much towards maybe the first 40 minutes of the movie because the first 40 minutes of the movie are the best. That, that's the best part to me uh, is the first 40 minutes. Like after that, towards that middle, like it's that, that movie just starts to fall apart. Um, It's a great idea. It's a great, like I said, great premise, great idea, but like they lose their way. They lose their way towards the end of the movie. Like it just starts to go downhill from there. It's not a terrible movie. I'm not saying that. It's not a terrible movie. Like it's not a bad movie. It's not the greatest movie in the goddamn world. It's just, it's just there. It's just there in the last, like maybe like the last 30 to 40 minutes of it. Uh, Sean and Marlon, like, they give so much energy. Like I say, like they keep this movie going. Terry Crews keeps this movie going. Like he's the real MVP and we don't see him very much in this movie. That's the thing. Like he has like maybe five scenes. I want to say maybe five scenes. He's not in the movie very often, but every scene he's in, he steals it. Like he, he takes over the movie. Like I said, Sean and Marlon, they give that, phonetic energy that they always give which keep it keeps you into the movie it's not boring i'm gonna say that it's not a boring movie it's just that i think they lose track like i say i think they just lose track of the message along the way that's all that's all i got you know but like i said at the end of the day this movie's just kind of mid it's not it's not a bad movie like it's not pootie tang you know, like booty tank got on my goddamn nerves. Like I was just like, oh my god, like that shit made me want to put a bullet in my brain. I don't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, yeah, man, that movie, that movie sucked. That movie was terrible. Um, it's not that, but like, it's not. 
it's like I say, it's clever for the first 40 minutes. The first 40 minutes of this movie are clever. But it just turns out to be a mid movie. It's not it's not that offensive. It should be offensive. It really should be offensive. This should be like one of the most offensive movies ever. <laughs> you know, because you got like two black guys, because like you got two black guys dressed up like white women, you know. Like I said, you got the whole woman and the black men in a dress situation. You got the whole offending white women situation. You know, like they make fun of Dominicans at the beginning of the movie. You know, <laughs> but you know, they make it funny. They make it funny for some reason. They make it funny, but yeah. If I had to get this movie a score, I give it a three out of five. Join me next week when. I will be reviewing 1996's The Great White Hype. Until next time.